What's going on, guys? Back again with some more uh, answers to the amazing questions from Jocelyn Webster. Um, So let's jump right in. Do you have any personal philosophies uh, or values that you live by that influence your leadership approach? What's your leadership style slash brand and how has that evolved over the years? So I'm very excited about this, but I'll do my best to not rant and rave too much about this. Um, I definitely have very out of the box and interesting perspective on leadership and the way that I conduct my leadership and employee experience. Um, A lot of it is tied into my personal philosophies and experiences. When I when I was my first three jobs were, uh, I, I believe I was like a bus boy. Uh, I was a server. I was a dishwasher. Um, I washed some cars at one point in every single role that I ever had. I was always afraid to speak to my managers because of the tonality they would use with me when leading me. I would, I was always afraid to even talk to them because of just their overall demeanor and their energy and their attitude. I remember being afraid to call out sick because there were no policies in place that would allow me to uh, have that one day of being sick comped as well as there were no like secure benefits in place that really cared about me as a human. So I would always have to figure out different crafty ways of of, of just making it through the day uh, opposed to having a brand that would support my human being issues, which is being sick. And, and I would always think to myself, you know, why do I have to make excuses um, and try to find different ways to, to force myself to come to work if I am sick? Why can't they understand that I'm a young man here trying to figure it out, trying to make it? Uh, me being sick uh, is obviously not a good thing. I shouldn't have to force myself to come to work because I need that check. And I'm going to go through that whole that whole psychology there. And then I remember like, why are they being rude? Why are they being mean? Why are they being nasty? Why are they talking to me in the manner that they are? Why are, uh, why is communication style the way it is? Why uh, is the workplace culture the way it is? I would always ask myself these questions. And frankly, what happened to me personally is I would get to the point where I would completely check out. And when I mean check out, I mean check out out. Like I just uh, did not care about the rolling any longer. I uh, got fired from almost almost every single job I had between the ages of 15 and really before I started my first business. Um, and I just did not care. Uh, I, you know, I had the mindset where if you don't care about me, I'm definitely not going to care about you and your brand. Uh, if you don't understand practicality and human being variables, I'm definitely not going to care about your brand. Um, and so that philosophy and those perspectives uh, really stuck with me as I've crafted my own personal employee experience models for my own personal brands and now the brands that I'm working with. Um, and so if you kind of hear throughout my content, you'll hear me really focus on the employees first, really focus on being a human centric, human centered uh, leader, really care about how I can help support the overall human first and care about those variables, whether it's the benefits and compensation packages, whether it's the way that I'm speaking to them, whether it's the one-on-one meetings, whether it's uh, just the overall workflow and the way that's structured, whether it's my approach on succession planning and an L&D and all all these different factors have been crafted and molded through my experiences as a child and as a young man. Um, And I think going a little bit off bar and a little side note here, I think that's something that a lot of leaders need to think about. Take a moment and think about um, why 
uh, why you have the leadership style that you have. Did you learn that from your mom, your dad, your first four jobs, uh, a, a mentor that you had as a young man or as a young woman, uh, something horrible that happened to you at a personal level growing up? Why do you have the perspective uh, that you have pertaining to compensation, pertaining to learning and development, pertaining to um, pertaining to uh, figuring out ways to impact a human, pertaining to kindness, pertaining to empathy, pertaining to communication. I think a lot of leaders need to begin the process of reverse engineering who they are, reverse engineering why they think the way that they think and be thoughtful about how that can impact what they're doing today. And for you students out there and definitely for you, Jocelyn, think about that as well. Think about trying to break the mold and, 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 and use common sense and how you would want someone to be treated, like how you would want to be treated rather. Like that is the biggest tip I can give to you, Jocelyn, the biggest tip that I can give to anyone uh, that is in your guy's position right now. Think about number one, how you would like to be treated. Think about number two, just practicality, what makes common sense. Think about three, how many times you've been in situations uh, in a job role that you kind of scratch your head and wonder why the HR department handled it the way that they handled it or the leaders handled it the way that they handled it? Um, ask yourself these questions. Go through that process. Go through that that um, that uh, go through that process and just figure out different ways. I couldn't figure out another word to use, um, but just figure out different ways to craft and mold and, and develop who you are um, as a leader and who you're going to be in this world of HR and employee experience based off of what you know in your gut is the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is always, always, always the right thing. You will always uh, have a net net score, you know, skewed towards the positive. You will always uh, have uh, have greater success when you do so. And it's always going to be a benefit. So just something to think about. Um, you know what I'm going to try to do here just to limit the amount of separate episodes that I create here. I'm going to look into these questions and try to jump into the business leadership aspect of the interview. So if you guys realize the first couple episodes are really general, kind of understanding my psychology and exploring my overall perspectives, which is a good thing. I, I like the, the way that you crafted this, Jocelyn. I will give you kudos for that. Um, and now it's going to kind of jump into some of the tactics and the and the the knowledge, the skills, the capabilities, my uh, my 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 leadership, my pure business uh, tactics and, and overall perspectives here. So the question is, what is your experience with an uh, with with an advice? Oh, what is your experience and advice towards motivating a diverse team? Uh, differences of opinion, differences uh, in diversity of thought, experiences, attitudes, whatever the case is going to be. How do you adapt your style and leverage your unique needs to impact those around you? This is, again, another one that's very interesting that I could go on a very, very, very long rant on, but I would try to condense it and make it short and sweet and to the point. For me, the way that you can motivate your team is very simple. I'm going to make this very simple for you guys. It's two factors. Number one, it's understanding that human and their capabilities from a workflow perspective. Everyone's brains has uh, have different capabilities and capacity, right? Some people can work in a six hour clip and just push through work. Some people need 45 minute breaks every hour, every hour and a half. 
Some people really enjoy admin tasks. Some people are more creative. It is your job as a leader to reverse engineer each person and understand those dynamics, understand those variables, understand what that looks like and understand different ways to put them in the best position to win. I've learned that over my career here. That is something I'm actually doing right now. And it's something that a lot of leaders uh, forget about. A lot of leaders don't know how to put in place and a lot of leaders simply ignore. So when you guys get in your first roles, that is the first thing I would say as it pertains to motivation. If an employee knows that the way that they're working, their workflow, the projects that they're working on are all geared around their strength or or, or, or there are supportive synergy and collaboration um, streams of communication and streams of support that are going to help some of the, the, the perspectives and the nuances and the tasks that are that are not exciting to them or that are not geared towards their strength. Um, if they have supporting roles and supporting people to kind of help fill those gaps, it makes their life so much easier and will motivate them and keep their energy and overall engagement high. The second thing, which probably should have been the first thing that you have to do is you have to develop that glue. If you have an incredibly deep and close relationship at a homie to homie level, a friend to friend level with that employee, I guarantee their perspectives on your feedback, negative or positive, their perspective on um, the work that you're dishing out for them to execute, it will be completely different than if you do not have that relationship. I'm a big fan of that. And how can you do that tangibly? That can be happy hour drinks. That can be conducting one-on-one conversations. That can be going out for a long lunch. That can be inviting them over your house and having a long steak dinner. That can be a variety of different things. And in the and in the minutia, right? In those conversations, you need to be figuring out like, what do they want? You know, who are there, like who, who is behind the scenes there? Do they have a wife? Do they have kids? Do they have family members? You know, what are their biggest fears in life? You know, what's, what's their story? And then and, and understand these variables and then have an authentic conversation and just get to know them as a person. This may not, you know, successfully work the first time because the employee may think in their head, what are they trying to get out of the situation? Why, why are they doing this? This is a little bit odd. This is a little bit sketchy. But if you have a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth conversation and the employee starts to realize that you actually care, that you actually are trying to help, you're actually trying to learn, you're actually trying to love me and care about me as a human, right? And then you start to reference conversations that you guys have had. You start to put surprise and delight plans and strategies in place that are conducive to their music interest or that are conducive to their children or conducive to their wife, conducive to their overall passions in life. Things are going to start to change. The relationship, the dynamics are going to start to change. And that is something that a lot of leaders, again, are missing. You guys are keeping it so professional, so businessy, so suit and tie, and you're forgetting about the human variables that make up motivation. I will work and bust my ass for anyone that I know that cares and loves me. And I think that can go clearly across the gamut. I don't think anyone would dispute or ignore or or, or try to fight that notion. And so uh, that is the advice I would give to you, Jocelyn, pertaining to this uh, question. And I'm hoping I was able to bring value on this part of the interview questions. Thanks so much.